The snow is falling, the nights come early, and you're listening to Burning Rock Radio. Burning Rock Radio is the ongoing story of Ivy Romeo's search for her friend Sam. If you're new to the podcast, we suggest that you listen from the beginning. Chapter 31 Without a Glance My Way June 2002 We had all given up on trying to sleep. Crown and Sam had both changed into their day clothes, which seemed like some sort of weird attempt to force the night to recede and the day to take her place. Sam was drinking coffee and staring out the window. I felt like I should go talk to him, but he had been a little icy for the last half hour. I couldn't help but wonder if he was still mad at me. It seemed relatively likely. He glanced up a couple of times, and I thought he might want to say something. He stayed quiet, though. Crown was reading an old paper, occasionally pausing to underline something in green or cross something out in red. He would then take that same red pen and write something in the margins. At first, I thought he was correcting mistakes in a mock-up of the school paper, but when I walked by and snuck a look, I realized that he was actually correcting the Seattle Tribune, one of the most prestigious papers in our area. I had to smile at that. I found myself watching out the windows like Sam, hoping I wouldn't see anything, but acting as if I would. How are we even going to fight this thing? How are we going to wake everyone up to the reality when I couldn't even convince all my own roommates? Was it even my responsibility to try? Eventually, Crown got up and headed off to his room. He slammed his door and I jumped a little, though I don't think he was mad. He was just too deep in his own brain to remember to keep track of his physical actions. Normally, that was an endearing Crown trait, but today it felt like a liability. We needed everyone sharp and aware of their surroundings. I got up to get myself another cup of coffee. The best thing about this apartment was the giant coffee pot. On any given day, Sam made enough coffee to caffeinate a small country, and today was no exception. Sam followed me into the kitchen. I poured a steaming mug of coffee and offered it to Sam. He gave a small, almost reluctant smile and reached out for it, and I held onto the mug for a moment longer than necessary to force him to look at me. What are you thinking about? I asked when he finally did. Sam sighed. I relinquished the coffee, and he sat down while I poured myself another mug. Look, he said, I'm not trying to make a big deal out of this, but why didn't you guys just wake me up? I'm pretty deep into this stuff, too. I guess I hoped he wouldn't actually ask that question. I thought we would just be able to kind of skim over it, because while I considered Sam a good friend, and while we had told each other details about our past, and while we really liked eating ice cream and drinking coffee together, we still hadn't had an argument. Our friendship hadn't been tested in any way. And can you really know if a friendship is real before it's been tested? I took a deep breath. 
I figured we would check it out and let you know if we found anything interesting. I said, okay, but you did find something interesting. So why did I have to call you? He had me there. I let myself get distracted by everything that was happening. I hadn't even been thinking about Sam, which was crazy, given that Sam had been my partner in all of this. What did that say about me that I wasn't even thinking about it? I got sidetracked, I said. Look, Ivy, he said. You can't just control everything all the time. You can't just put people where you want them and keep them out of spaces you don't want them. It's not that tidy. Not with friends. Not with friends. I think I just sat there and blinked for a second. It meant something that he was calling me his friend, but it also meant something that he was upset with me. In my life, people being upset with me didn't usually work out well in the end. I thought about my sister going to my mom and grandparents about the stuff she was seeing in her room. I thought about how at first they had tried to convince her she was dreaming and then they sent her away and then when I started having dreams, I had kept them to myself. Sorry, I said. I didn't mean to do that. It was true, but I also didn't know if I would do things differently next time. I wasn't sure I knew how. He tilted his head like he didn't believe me. How was I supposed to explain this? How was I supposed to explain that I couldn't just let go like he could? I couldn't just be chill and let things happen however they were going to happen. I had gotten this far by curating exactly what the people in my life were allowed to know about me. Dude, I'm sorry. I repeated, and I guess it was good enough because Sam nodded and started sipping his coffee. Crown reappeared a few minutes later, and we all started picking at the French toast and sausage links again. My phone buzzed, and I looked down to see that I had a text. Where are you? It read. It was from Lana. Who is it? Sam asked. Lana. Is she back in town? Have her come over for breakfast. If she's awake, we should fill her in. I typed what Sam suggested, and a moment later she responded, Can't. Have to run to Mugsuvius. I texted back quickly, No, don't do that. We gotta talk to you. It wasn't safe to be out in this town while it was still dark, and Mugsuvius was even less safe than most of the town. Are you still telling monster stories? She wrote back. Seriously. Lay off. We better call her, Sam said, reading over my shoulder. He picked up his own phone and dialed her number. After just a second, he hung up and shook his head. Straight to voicemail, she turned it off, he said. Crown got up from his chair and headed for the door. Let's go get her, he said. Sam went back to the kitchen and pulled out the three largest knives that he owned. Are you serious right now? Crown asked. I mean, look, I would rather it was a flamethrower, but we don't have access to a flamethrower right now, so this appears to be the best we got, Sam said, 
He glared at Crown and handed me one of the knives. I wrapped it up in a coat and tucked the coat under my arm. I have to say, I felt better about having a knife than having nothing. Sam drove this time and... Once in the car, I pulled the knife out of the jacket. It was a nice knife, sharp with an incredibly delicate and complicated engraving along the silver handle. It looked like the kind of thing you carve a turkey with. For a moment, I pictured the monsters as giant turkeys instead. It didn't calm me down as much as I hoped it might have. I wasn't the only one. I could feel Crown tapping his toe from the seat behind me. So remember, Sam said as we left the apartment and headed down Amherst Street, the goal is to avoid the monster at all costs and get Lana out of there. That's it. I nodded, knowing this was mostly directed at me. No one else in the car would be dumb enough to go after a monster in the middle of the night with a knife that looked like it had been made out of a Christmas tree ornament. We arrived at Mugsuvius, and I wished that I would have been more serious in my attempts to teleport. That could have been a real asset tonight. I could have distracted the monster while the others went after it, or jumped up on its head and stabbed it in the brain like they did with that cave troll in Lord of the Rings. I could have popped in, got Lana, and come back out before anyone even knew I was there. Instead, I found myself sitting in the passenger's seat, feeling rather useless. We reached the correct block, and Sam turned off the headlights and slowed down as we rounded the corner. I don't see your car, Sam said, peering out the window. He was right. In fact, there weren't any cars out here. I hoped that Lana hadn't walked here like an idiot. Wait, there it is, Sam said. She's parked out back for some reason. I glanced back and saw Lana's car down the alley. I also noticed that the light in her office window was on, bathing the entire street in a golden light that felt almost unnatural. Sam parked the car in front of Muxuvius and was about to turn the key to shut off the ignition when he seemed to think better of it. It's not like anyone was going to steal the car in the next two minutes it took us to grab Lana. Leaving the car running might be the smart thing to do in a world where we might have to outrun monsters. October 2007 The night doesn't go how I expect it to go. I kill Lana. I kill Jared on the way to find Crown, though... He was my ultimate goal. I need to take him out before I'm safe. Once I get him, I have a feeling that I'll own this thing. Something happens, though. I find him standing on the beach, ankle deep in seawater. It swirls around his feet, just below his cuffed jeans. What's he doing? Why is he standing out in the water? I walk toward him, feeling the moonlight burning through my hoodie. I don't think this is part of the game. I pad through the sand and feel the surf curling up under my feet. Crown? I say quietly. He turns and gives me a small smile. Thought I might see you here, 
he says. If you wanted to talk to me, you could have just said that. That would be very against the rules, he says. I go to stand next to Crown, feeling the water around my ankles. Crown looks down at me and smiles, and I smile back. I didn't actually need to talk to you, he says. But if that's where the night is gone, I can't say I'm opposed. I laugh at that. Having a good birthday? He asks. It's good, I say. I really like the cake. Made me feel pretty nostalgic. Crown smiles, kicking the water softly. Well, we all miss him and hope we see him soon, he said. It's weird to hear my own words coming out of Crown's mouth like that. I've ended every episode of Burning Rock Radio with that same phrase, and it's become something of a rally cry for my own investigation. To hear Crown say it, well, it's weird. It suggests that it's a thing, that maybe I've built a whole brand around it, and I guess to some extent, I have. Thank you for listening to Burning Rock Radio. Visit us at www.burningrockradio.com and follow us on Instagram at Burning Rock Radio. As always, we appreciate your ratings and reviews. And Sam, if you're out there, we all miss you and hope to see you soon. <laughs>